Shoulder of Orion is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more about joining our Patreon, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Welcome to Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. Uh, today, me and Patrick are here to talk about Blade Runner, and it's kind of our informal Blade Runner day. We felt like, um, well, as everyone who's seen Blade Runner 2049, Rachel's inset date is May 5th. I'm sorry, May is the fifth <laughs> month. May 23rd. May 23rd, 2018, and it is now May 23rd, 2018, and I felt like her date was specifically a great date for Blade Runner Day because essentially as Blade Runner 2019 unfolds and then we get to the end of Blade Runner 2049, the whole story revolves around her. She is kind of the foundation, the bedrock of these stories. And uh, I really wanted to honor her and honor these films and talk about it. And also to set up a date for the community to congregate, because next year, as we know, since we're approaching 2019, there will probably be a lot more going on in the Blade Runner fandom. And uh, we wanted to set a precedent and suggest that May 23rd should just be Blade Runner Day, just like we have Star Wars Day and Alien Day and Mm -hmm. all these other great sci-fi things. Because the reality is is that in all parts of the globe uh, and all different generations of people, there are Blade Runner fans who are waiting to come together and celebrate. And what better thing to celebrate than the birth of, by some measures, the most important character in the entire franchise. Absolutely. So – so, so we're hoping. So, we're this is kind of a soft launch for us. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna put this episode out. We have a couple of, uh, we have an announcement to make. We have a little bit of a, of a surprise design coming out for a T-shirt. But other than that, this is kind of a soft launch. And the next year, we're hoping to be a little bit broader with it. But um, totally. But basically, Jamie was like, "Why don't we do a quick, you know, minisode and talk a little bit about what Blade Runner means to us personally?" And and I suggested that we should do that, and then also take a second and look back at where we've come as a podcast and as a project, and where we're going next. So, so Jamie, so let's kick it back to you. What does Blade Runner mean to you? boy uh well i've been thinking about this a lot and uh i I, in order for me to discuss this i have to talk about my three favorites three favorites in terms of films and and entertainment my number one all-time favorite film is the dark crystal my number one favorite well okay that's my number one favorite film sorry i have to kind of uh compartmentalize all this so the dark crystal is something that as a child it took over my heart and it made me explore and wonder, just wonder how did they make this, the magic of puppetry. And then I experienced, after that, I experienced Alien. And Alien for me was a representation of surviving darkness and what that means. And then the journey on of someone who survived something terrible and has lived to tell about it and then blows the whistle on it. Um, Blade Runner for me, the Blade Runner universe, certainly now with 
Blade Runner 2049 has been more about finding out who, who am I and dealing with ongoing loss, the loss of my childhood, the loss of the home that I grew up in, um, and processing that and who am I and where do I belong? And those questions that Blade Runner asks, I asks, I live in my consciousness every day I ask those questions. And I think we all do in some way. And I think Blade Runner brings out something mean emotionally the way that Alien doesn't, the way that the Dark Crystal didn't. Alien got me through it. The Dark Crystal showed me wonder. Blade Runner helped me process it. Um, and again, to kind of pivot back towards Rachel, and as I've talked a lot on this show, Rachel means a lot to me. I see myself a lot as Rachel or Rachel representing things that I've lost return to me. Rachel for me is very important. Um, seeing her again in 2049, as everyone knows, like for me is one of the most powerful things I've experienced in the, both of these films. Like her death in 2049 again was powerful for me. It links up to Vertigo, another one of my, another all-time favorite films where there's a parallel going on in both of these films where you have cops being tasked with things that they don't want to do. They've been retired. They're all of these things. And so it means a lot to me. Um, her character means a lot to me. And, um, and I, I'm always, it's an ongoing process. It's never something that I'm like, I've, come to the end of my process of Blade Runner. Blade Runner poses questions that I continue continually ask myself. Aside from discussing it on the show and finding new things that I haven't discovered before, like I, I just discovered something crazy about the tiles of Deckard's apartment um, that I never knew well, before. And what's, what's that? Should we talk about that right now? Um, yeah, do it. So I was watching... Um, Westworld. And in Westworld, I don't know whoever watched Westworld. It's really great. And there's a, a lot of connection between Westworld and Blade Runner in terms of um, artificial intelligence, uh, kind of humanoid characters, finding agency. Um, but there's this one character who they show him approaching his house in Los Angeles. I think it's Los Angeles. And you see this same bricks, this, the same like Frank Lloyd Wright bricks outside of his house and inside of his really? house. And those bricks form this pattern that um, essentially represent water. And water is all over Blade Runner 2019. Water is all over Blade Runner 2049. Um, I'll get more into it on a later date. I, we, we have whole episodes full of the symbology of or the symbols of Blade Runner. I mean, they're everywhere. There's so much to just to dissect. Well, I, I think we need we need a whole episode specifically on the, on the symbolism of water in Blade Runner. Yeah. That's something that we we both brought up a million. And Dan as well. Oh, by the way, we should mention Dan is currently traveling and doing a million things. He wants to be here tonight, but unfortunately, it couldn't work out with his travel schedule. So he's here in spirit, um, and he's going to celebrate, you know, with us tomorrow as well. But he's currently, uh, I think, he's in D.C. right now. Yes, he is. So he's able to join. But something else that that Dan has also talked about, uh, as of both of us, is is the prevalence of water in the films, as both a baptismal metaphor and as a death metaphor and as a vision metaphor. As water is absolutely all over Blade Runner, and I think that's a super interesting thing to talk about. So not not to digress too much, but um, we'll get more into that. Absolutely. And so let me throw that throw it to you, Patrick. What does Blade Runner mean to you? Well, 
Well, so there's there's a short answer and then there's a longer answer to that. I think to me the short answer is that I, I just think it's the most complete sci-fi vision ever brought to life on the screen um, in terms of feeling fully realized and believable and real and, um, and uh, unforgettable. But the real answer is the longer answer. And the real answer is that to me it's the most perfect evocation of what it means to be a human mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. And what, and what it means to live uh, a fully realized life and what it means to not become a bystander to your own life and to not allow things like depression um, or things like um, ennui to take you over and to fight against that and to realize that there are worlds to find and dreams to conquer and that to realize your destiny as a human is to search for those things and to continue to question your reality and question what you've taken for granted. You know, I have a, um, a tattoo on, on my arm <clears throat> that I've told you about in the past, but um, it's, it's, it just says, this is water, and it's from a speech by my favorite author. But the basic gist of this address comes from this idea that it's really easy in life to operate on your default setting and to assume that you're correct and to assume that everybody else is just sort of this automaton who is acting in... You know, just because like you're observing them, it means that like that they're whatever they're doing is being done to you basically because we're all in this sort of kingdom of our own minds. So if somebody cuts you off, for example, on the highway, um, you know, like they're cutting you off, you know, like how dare they do that? They didn't even think of my needs, you know, or if there's a toddler in line at the grocery store crying and shitting his pants, you know, like, oh, like, why would why would you do that? Like, you know, you're making this already banal, miserable moment even worse, you know. But the reality is that that's exactly what is becomes so weirdly easy to fall into. It becomes so easy in life to start looking at things as just a series of quotidian banalities that are so boring and so thorough and so deep that we cease to even be aware of the passage of time, you know? Mm-hmm. And what Blade Runner represents to me is cutting through that is by remembering that like no like like live presently. You can be in that line at the supermarket. You can be in the highway getting cut off, and you can still be living a present, aware life where you're aware of of the beauty and complexity of the situation that you're in. So to me, the whole journey of Deckard, for example, is the journey of awareness. It's the journey of waking up out of this stupor that he's in that we're all in sometimes. You know, even even people who are much more present than I am, um, you know, find themselves in those situations. I'm sure the freaking Dalai Lama has moments like that. You know where he's waiting in line somewhere and he's bored and he just like, you know, tunes out. But the reality is you have to fight through that and live a present life and be a human and achieve your destiny because there are, there are beings in this world and in the world of Blade Runner who don't have the ability to do that, who are so subjugated that they, you know, are that things as simple as their birth and death are already prescribed for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're not like that. And, And we have the ability to not be in that situation. And if we don't do the most with it, then I think we're living kind of half-realized existences. I absolutely agree. And uh, just not to get too serious, but I think the beauty of Blade Runner is that it reflects many things that we experience in life. But the idea of devaluing people and and calling people um, replicants and not seeing their humanity because we just don't want to. We're living with that today. People are being devalued. People are being called all sorts of things. There is war. People, are, children are being killed because there's no value seen on them, and that's what it is to right. not be human. Is when you don't see the value of another human, that makes you not a human. Not it does, doesn't make you a replicant. It makes you unhuman, and that's exactly it kind of exactly. it's kind of 
what we're here. We're here to kind of discover our humanity. And just because you were born of a woman doesn't make you human. Your heart right. makes you human. Your empathy makes you human, which is why Roy Batty seemed human. At Why we mourn his death at the end of 2019, because he was human. Um, right, right. And, and, and because he was aware of that, you know, the, the, the actual quote, this is water comes from this allegory of, of the fish, which if I've said on the podcast before, forgive me, but um, the, the idea is that there are two young fish swimming in a river. And there's an old fish passing the other way. And the old fish looks at the young fish and says, hey, the water's great today. And the young fish kind of go, oh, okay. And they kind of swim on. And then one of them looks at the other one and says, what the fuck is water? So the idea is that they weren't even aware that they were swimming in water to begin with because they weren't – they were just trapped in the kingdom of their own minds and they weren't aware. you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, that's exactly what Rachel does for Deckard in the first movie is she makes him see the water that he's swimming in. And makes him realize that there are more important machinations at work than just his day-to-day existence of going to this job that he hates and doing something terrible. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, it's just a really a really powerful wake-up call and a really powerful rallying cry for for life. And I think it's funny that the uh, to me it seems like the perception in popular culture of Blade Runner is really that it's dark. You know. I mean, like the the definitive book on it is called Future Noir. You know, it's it's like it literally is black in the title of it, um, which of course is because of the the film noir aspects of it. But that being said, like uh, to me, it seems like the perception of it is that it's a it's a dark thing. It's it's a it's a almost a, a nihilistic document that is all about you know this future that is so dystopian and so pre-apocalyptic that it's like devoid of hope basically. But that's not at all what the movie is about to me. It happens to take place in that environment, but it's the opposite of that. It's a fucking beacon of light exploding through that, you know? And and we all find ourselves in life in points where we feel that really acutely, where we feel like we are deckered in that apartment getting rained on, you know? And and then we have these moments, and for me it was meeting my wife, you know, where where I felt like um I I would never be able to look at the rain the same way again, you know? And um and I think we all have the ability to find moments like that. It doesn't have to be meeting your soulmate. It can be small things throughout the day where you choose to look at it as a present person and think like, you know what? I'm going to do something beautiful today. Uh, like like you know, like you making this incredible sculpture of this dark crystal character. Like that's something that nobody's remunerating you for, you know? That's something that you're doing because you feel driven to do it and you wanted to bring beauty into the world and you did it. And to me that's a that's that's what Rachel brings out of Deckard ultimately is for him to it like like it's he becomes a person who would do that who would find beauty in the world mm-hmm. and harvest it and mm-hmm. bring it into being and and that is humanity you know yeah and that's one of the the great things about the dynamic between Rachel and Deckard and I know we've had our episode discussing that you know infamous scene between them but really what Rachel does is Deckard's kind of going along with his life boring he's boring he's bored he's not living he has no passion. And then he sees this, for him, he sees this thing break down in his apartment crying because she isn't who she thought she was. And then he's like, oh, my God. Then he's like, oh, my God. I mean, obviously he's not saying it, but he's saying it with his eyes like, she wants to live. She wants to, that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. And he, she, she just didn't awaken, awaken him with her love. She awakened him to humanity. He saw her humanity 
because he had killed Zora in the back. He had killed Pris. Well, he killed Zora in the back first, and then he eventually kills Pris. Um, and he's kind of doing these cowardly things because he didn't see their humanity. He just saw this is what you need to do. He was going about his his life day in and day out, a cog in the wheel. And uh, I just think it's, and I think we all know what that's like. And I think even not just with the podcast, but our love for movies and the fandoms that we belong to, it wakes us up to something larger than the, than ourselves. And I think that's what Blade Runner is. Right. It allows us to see in color again, you know, mm-hmm. because cause you're so right. Like there are so many times in my life where I, and that's part of why I got this tattoo in the first place. There's so many times in my life where I find myself on that same commuter train that I'm on every single day and I'm fucking exhausted. I'm stressed out about the amount of things that I have to do. And I say I, I, I really do fundamentally love my day job, but I, I get very stressed out about it sometimes. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, God, like how many times have I been sitting in this spot on this train with these clothes on, stressing out about these same things, knowing that, you know, like we barely have the money to cover the mortgage this month. Think, you know, like these, these things, you, so you get so caught up in them. And then things like this podcast, uh, friendships like mine with yours. Um, people that we connect with on the internet over these ineffable fandoms that we belong to that you can't put a price tag on. They're just, it's just like these assemblages of love and common humanity. Like these things bring us back out of that, you know, and they allow us to see the world as it really is, which is a really complex, really beautiful place full of wonder and chaos. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so, so just, you know, again, to me, that's Blade Runner represents to me, um, the beautiful chaos of the world. Absolutely. And with and within that chaos, briefly, I know we wanted to make this episode short, just a kind of a, as a celebration. Dan is our latest partner on this. Uh, Dan Ferlito is our latest partner on this. Full partner on Shoulder of Orion, and how that happened was be, was because of Blade Runner, certainly twenty nineteen, but more so twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine was a watershed moment for all of us. Like I remember being in the theater, my first viewing, and I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. Like. I was like, if I leave, this world is going to end, you know, like it was the credits and the music was going and I'm still heavy breathing over that last scene, seeing Rachel again after 30 years of, you know, like, and just what it all meant. And then all of a sudden it's like this flower opens and Dan writes in or sends in a voicemail and me and Dan connect on Facebook. And at first I'm like, why are you writing me? Who are you? Um, And we're just kind of talking about our lives and, this really beautiful friendship evolves between me and Dan. And then Dan meets Patrick and we all just, it just kind of comes together. And that's the beauty of these films. And it's not just Blade Runner. I mean, many films and many fandoms bring people together, but uh, there's something really special about. Um, there is. The, like even the whole experience, you know, the, the week Blade Runner 2049 opened, you were on a plane back from England. I know. Never forget that. We've discussed. Um, never. I will never forget that. And I, and I remember so distinctly calling you. You're the first person I called, obviously, after I got out. And we saw it basically at the same time. So you yeah. saw it at 7 p.m. I right? did. I I, I, we, were, we were in the same, essentially, obviously not the same theater, but it was. we were watching it at the same time. Right, right, right on a different coast. Yeah. And I remember walking out and I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't control my breathing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and you, you didn't get to see like where we were. I was, M- Mike and I were walking in the Boston Common, you know, in the middle of the night, um, getting out from this movie. It was like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> we got out of the movie. And it was this beautiful night that was unseasonably warm. And I remember not having my coat on and walking 
through the Boston Common in October with the leaves changing, calling my great friend about this movie that had just changed my life. And I couldn't get the words out because it was too powerful of a moment. And I remember Micah and I, we drove home and we couldn't talk. We were so wrapped up. And, and of course, as soon as we got back, we started talking about it. But I, as soon as I started talking, I would start crying and I couldn't stop. To, I, it was yeah. like too important of a moment, you yeah. know, yeah. and we got to share that together because of this podcast, yeah. you know, yeah. and so many people who have, are listening to this and writing these incredible comments into us and, and sending us these, these voice messages and, and engaging with the show and saying the sweetest things like, th- like I'm thinking like Paul Weber, you know, has said some really nice things lately and Craig Wright and Alexander House and a lot of our friends that we have met through the show, um, just the the fact that we get to to communicate on a human level about something that we all love and that we're all such nerds for in such a deep way is just it's just fucking amazing and yeah. um and I, and I still remember really vividly when we had the first conversation about the show and you're like hey I think we should start a Blade Runner podcast you know and um and now look where we are look look we we I mean we talked to a fucking Academy Award winning sound designer we've talked to the people who did the production, all the fucking miniatures, they've given you a, you know, a, a memento from that. I mean, we, have we talked to the movies. Rachel Standen who was working with Harrison Ford on set. We talked to the clerk who played, you know, who was talked to Ryan Gosling's character for a few different scenes in the film. I mean, the doors were open for us through no reason, really. We just asked and they said, yes, it's been, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible ride. And I, it's, it's my favorite podcast of the two that we do. It's an amazing, amazing ride. And and the future is so wide open and there's so many things we're working on that we haven't even announced to people yet. Um, there's so much going on. And, uh, and, and I, I think this podcast will, you know, go as long as we can still, you know, have air in our lungs to do a podcast. I really feel like, feel like we'll never run out of ideas for this thing. And um, it's just a beautiful gift to have an outlet for that. So we can wrap it there, but I, I just wanted to, uh, to just you know, say how thankful I am to have this opportunity and to have you people who are listening to it and running in as as friends as well. Absolutely, and and please, um, even though this podcast is for uh, Blade Runner Day, if you guys have any thoughts you want to send, record and send to us about your experiences, your first experiences in the theater with maybe let's just say twenty forty nine and what you know how life has changed, how it's changed your life. Write us, write in, send an audio file, send a. Uh, Send a voicemail, whatever you want to do, and we'll fe- feature those in our le- in our next listener feedback um, episode, which will come up in the next month or so or whatever. Um, so we don't want totally. the conversation to end. Um, but really, I- I'm just grateful for you, Patrick. I'm grateful for Dan. Um, we're just we have a really solid team, and this is and for Micah, who now is oh a yes, part of- and for Micah, our contributing host, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, my my wife who got into Blade Runner relatively late in life and now knows more about it than I do probably. She's fucking amazing, and now she's part of this team as well. Yeah, as a as a as a you know person who comes on the show all the time and is an actual member of the of the actual team behind it. So I mean, and for Evie like, who's been a, a guest, a special guest on our show, Evie's uh-huh. awesome, yeah. and Clara who's our contributing host on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. She's been on her show a couple of times. It's really, really been um, a a wonderful ride. And it's a lot of work to do what we do. It is so much work. I mean, most of the time, Patrick and I are out of breath or we're tired or Patrick has a shit ton of things to do or I've gotten four hours of sleep, but we do it because we love it. So, yeah, yeah and, and because that's and because we're that's what Blade Runner is all about, yeah. right? It's seeing the world in color again. You know, Absolutely. it's about making time for things that we love that don't necessarily make sense. You Absolutely. know, we're not getting paid to do this, um, but we're finding time 
to do it because we're so driven by the love that we feel from all you guys and from from the show and from the material that we can't get out of our heads. So just uh, just the number again for people who don't have the show notes in front of them. It's 213-787-7894. 213-787-7894. You can leave us a voicemail, a memo about that. Or you can send a, a voice memo to per, to uh, bladebrunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or just look us up on Facebook. The information's all there. It's also in the show notes. But we, we really love featuring your voices on the show. And, and those episodes tend to get a lot of downloads and a lot of engagement. And that's great because it means that we're becoming a hub for the community to sort of congregate around. And that's exactly what we'd like to – that's the function that we like to provide is a coming together point. Like we'd love to be like a little watering hole for the community to come together and to take the pulse of what's going on and to uh, have a, an open forum. So please get your voice on the show. Um, we really love featuring you guys. Absolutely. And last but not least, two different, two more announcements. The first one is we do have a t-shirt design made for this Blade Runner Day. Um, it doesn't say Blade, it doesn't say Blade Runner Day, but it says it's, uh, uh, actually, it's a, a design that I came up with just kind of by accident where I combined both Rachel's from 2049 and from 2019. And there's a caption next to it that says, I am the business. And I feel like that encapsulates everything. That's everything. I am the business. Like, this is the world that we're in. Um, so that design is available. It's on sale for $14 through TeePublic. We, any money that we make goes right back into the podcast. Um, so if you guys want to buy it, have at it. If not, I'm buying some. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm buying one. And last but not least, um, and we you will see this on our Facebook page, we are indeed doing a audio drama, fully produced audio drama called 2020 Gethsemane and it's written and directed by me. Patrick is producing and composing all of original music for the show or for, yeah, for the show. It's a fully, it's like, it's going to be like an hour, probably an hour and 15 or hour and 20 minute audio drama. When it's hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to. The script is written. We're just kind of getting it better. Um, we're probably going to have casting calls. It might be local to Los Angeles in terms of who we're casting. There are some major roles, but uh, check out the the video that I posted on our Facebook page. It'll tell you a little bit what it's about um, in the in the style of Blade Runner. So we hope when it's said and done, you guys love it. Thanks for listening. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I got I got to say, it's 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 really awesome. So you'll, you'll be happy with. It. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great Blade Runner day. To find out more about Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast, please visit us on our website at www.perfectorganism.com. Shoulder of Orion is available for listen or download through Apple iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. If you'd like to join in the discussion, please join our official Facebook discussion group, Fields of Calantha, a Blade Runner discussion group. <laughs>